0: Which I've just received here. You know who Fred Astares. He's the guy that's got that blimpy stand down on 33rd Street. Yeah, old Fred, yeah. hell of a guy. Fantastic Lumpy's right up there large. Hey, huh? he's got a Chinese air crawl with pizza blimpy. It's really good. Explosive, but good. Listen, friends, this is the only city in the world where you can find the Chinese Rath Skeller (laughs) in business. kidding. you've seen the ads. (laughs) You can get kosher couscous, too. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, no. Special note here that following things on this program may offend certain members of our audience. If I could put this disclaimer on. Don't represent the. <most> uh, terrible news here. It says, uh, you've probably seen the report that money is not healthy for you. Oh, yes. Of course, this is propaganda put out by the moneyed interests. I can see that. But. Uh, Nevertheless, yeah. Oh, do you you ever feel like you're a a tool and the pawn of vast powers beyond which you have no comprehension? You feel that way, huh? Vast powers. Oh, listen, I wonder who's been laying this law of gravity on us. That's a a baddie. I mean, vast, great, enormous powers that are constantly moving you back. How many of you know anything about Brownian movements? You know what is it, a Brownian? Oh, come on now, come on. You mean to tell me you're not aware of... uh, of developments in in, in 17th century physics. Don't you know who he was, Brown? He's the guy that invented the Brownian movement. Yeah, what it is... uh, Well, I'll tell you what the Brownian movement is, in case... uh, I I see you're very interested in this. uh, And uh, I hate to bring this up at this time, class, since this is work that is usually reserved for the next semester, but uh, I'll bring it up because, after all, I figure that uh, you're intelligent enough to understand a few things. (laughs) which may be presumptuous on my part. However, uh, I uh, do not wish to uh, offend those who may be intelligent enough to understand uh, material from the next semester. However, the Brownian movement can be observed. Many times, you know, when you're laying there with your mouth hanging open and your eyeballs are glazed, you've had this occasion that uh, happen to you occasionally, right? And Your mind is out to lunch, like it's been for the last year and a half. Have you ever had... Uh, <laughs> you ever had that, that terrible sensation that your head is made out of uh, cleverly molded cheesecake? And uh, and uh, it's designed to look like a human being. And uh, yeah, it's been able to fool a lot of people that you really could think and all that stuff, you know? And uh, you walk around and, and uh, you look in the mirror and you you really look like a person, you know? But all the other people seem to be able to think and they've got all these plans and... And they write all this great stuff, and they do all these fantastic things, and all the while you just walk around, you know, like a, some kind of a plant with feet. You know, you're a, you're a chlorophyll factory. And uh, what is it? Called? Well, we're not going to bring chlorophyll. Whatever. By the way, whatever happened to chlorophyll? Do you remember when every product had chlorophyll in it? Oh, boy. You know, uh, that's that was... Do uh, you remember the good old days of high phosphate detergents? Yes, indeed. And, uh, <laughs> and then they discovered low phosphate detergents... Cause scum to form on your ears or something, so forget that one. So six of one half does the other, you know. Uh, what was it that had the yellow in and they took the yellow out? I, I that just occurred to me there. There was something that took the yellow out. Do you remember that? You don't? I don't either. That's why I ask about it. Don't remember much. However, uh, nevertheless, this is part of the cheesecake principle, which is that uh, there is a you know there is a theory and i I'm, i i I'm, 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 i might warn you i don't make the news i only present it there is a theory among uh, leading sociologists and psychotherapists <laughs> that's a that's a dynamic crew anyway there is a leading theory among them which is called the scrambled egg theory you, you've heard of the scrambled egg theory to oh. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it there, Glee Club. Reset it there. Hold it. Hold it. Hold it. I said stop it. That's better. It's better. It's it's great to be a total command of all your facilities. You just holler stop it, and the world stops. Grinding halt. Hey, I'd like to point out though that there is such a thing as the cheesecake theory, and the and it it's a parallel theory with the with the uh, one that goes along with uh, scrambled eggs. Now, the theory is roughly this, that all people are born with uh, the molecular equivalent of scrambled eggs between their ears. That is, that's how you're born. See, and and, uh, for the first 16 years, your head remains roughly scrambled eggs, slowly solidifying, until finally, after 16, you have a full-fledged brain it's only up to that point, though. Uh, after 16, you have a brain. Now, uh, the brain, of course, depends on how the eggs were done in the early years. I mean, they, they could have been done well over lightly. They could have been done uh, sunny side up, one thing or another. And, uh, yes, there's, a, there's even omelets. And uh, there are. And what's even worse, there's omelet omelet la herb. Which means that you have a very polluted mind with chopped up bits of onions and, and uh, pizza things hanging around in there. But that this is a theory which I am only not equipped, not only not equipped to deal with at this time because it does have to do with next year's work. Uh, we uh, there will be some questions, though, however, on the blue book exam about this. Thought we'd lay that on you. Uh, incidentally, uh, uh, w- I would like to bring up another controversial point since many of you are very interested in the subject of money, right? Uh, this is a, you know, it's next to, uh, it really is, it's, it's part of the whole process of procreation and everything. It's very difficult to know where money stops and the uh, fantasy and reality begins. Uh, money is magical. Of course, you realize this. It, it, yes, it is. It's a magical substance. And it's the only magic that most people have in their lives. Uh, money can do anything, right? Can buy anything, right? You know, it's an old canard that money can't buy happiness. This is ridiculous. Money can buy happiness, and in great dollops, as a matter of fact. (laughs) And what's worse, money can even buy health. Yes, sir, I know one guy that went to Switzerland was completely rebuilt. He went over there, he had a lot of dough, they replaced everything, he came back, he's 22 years old, tall, thin now, and he's playing with the Knicks. So, uh, and uh, very few people know he's he's in his late 70s. But so money can't really do it. All the way, and uh, I, I just want to point out, though, that this is what magic does. I mean, after all, what is magic? You know, what is magic? Magic is is, is a mysterious force, and it's a mysterious force that can do anything. You know, Shazam, pow, like that, and, it, and you turn you into a geranium or a toad. And uh, <laughs> by the way, uh, have you seen the commercial with the toad? You know, he comes on. He's a frog, actually. He comes on. I can do a great frog. (laughs) Give me a little echo chamber, will you, Bill? That's a hell of a frog. Let's try that again. That's the hell of a frog. It's too bad the Ed Sullivan show is off. Just think that could have come right after the Yale marching team just before he introduced, uh, say, Henry Kissinger, you know, this juggling act. But uh, that, uh, (laughs) uh, yeah, I kind of miss that uh, terrible show. You remember the Ed Sullivan show? That was a sure-fire anesthetic. Anytime anytime, uh, you are having troubles, uh, you know, nervous and jumpy, just turn on that show for an hour and a half and everything cools off, you know, jugglers and all that. But uh, nevertheless, I, I just wanted to bring out the fact that scientific investigation has proven now that money can make you sick. You read about that, didn't you? You mean you didn't hear about it? Oh, well, I'll have to read you the bad news. If you've been pursuing money all your life, friends, you could have been laying yourself open the bubonic plague. You know, <laughs> obviously this was put out by somebody like Scrooge, you know, who wanted everybody to think money was bad so he could get all of it. You know, filthy lucre, it appears. It matters not if you pack it in its paper form or jingle it as coin. I'm quoting this piece here, it's dirty enough to make you totally sick. Uh, <laughs> it says, no, we're not taking an anti-materialistic moral stand for condemning some sneaky way of earning a living. We're just reporting what two Louisville, Kentucky physicians told their peers in the current issue of the Journal of the American Medical Association. And that's about as fresh as you can get. They say that the regardless coins of all denominations were borrowed from non with total non-discrimination as to age, sex, color, or religion of lender, so the results would be unbiased. These are all unbiased monies. Paper money was then obtained in a like manner. They put it into a laboratory, and they put it in... You know what this is? Is this agar solution? You know what that is? Well, agar, it's kind of good. Yeah, it's it's very exciting stuff. Uh, agar is stuff that you grow germs in. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it looks kind of like glop, and... and uh, you let it sit around for a while, and green mold forms on the top well they <laughs> they discovered they no you will not get agar at your local a and p even Gracides doesn 't carry it, but uh, nevertheless, uh, they put this money in the agar, and the next thing you know, they had fantastic growths of all kinds of wild stuff. Listen what, thirteen percent of the coins and forty two percent of the paper money proved to harbor such exotic sounding disease producing organism. As Straphylococcus, Sumo nomatus uh, in Greek Kerakulacoccus, uh, coli and Proteus mirabilis. Boy, I tell you that that's enough to give you a bad time. Now, none of these things—I don't know what they do. Uh, they sound exciting, but the fact is, money is bad for you. And friends, I'll tell you—if you've got any extra money around. Uh, we have a big repository here, you can send it here, we'll keep it in this place here, and we'll sterilize it for you, and we'll take it, we'll remove it from you. Keep it out of harm's way. <laughs> now, you know, it's, it's every, every place you go, have, have you noticed now, wait till some scientist proves that life itself is a dangerous proposition. No matter what is involved in life today, it is, is some guy is going to investigate it and discover that it's evil no matter what it is. Oh, yeah, eating. We all know that eating is, is evil now. This is a fact. Everyone knows that. Smoking is evil. Drinking is evil. Thinking uh, bad thoughts, rot your brain, that's evil. Uh, walking around on 6th Avenue, that can be awful evil, I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, I just wonder how I would have been had I not spent the most of my formative years walking upstream on 6th Avenue. I've often thought about that. Because uh, <laughs> you know there is an upstream and the downstream on Sixth Avenue. You know this. I don't know why. It, 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 all of it seems to flow downtown. Yeah, and 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 where they go, I guess they go off the end of the island. I don't know what they do, but the, there's a great stream of humanity. It flows downstream, and yes, and it's it's turgid, animal-like, uh, monster-like. That reminds me. This is W O R, and uh, we're in New York, of course. It happens every spring. And it's wonderful. The International Auto Show at the Coliseum. Marvel at the moon car, ready to travel the lunar circuit. The future is here with the new electric autos. Admire antiques, classics, racers, experimentals. See stunning cars from all over the world. Plus racing movies, beautiful models, fashions. It's an Easter holiday at the world's greatest auto show. The International Auto Show, New York Coliseum. Now through April 9th. All right, now listen, I, I, uh, I, I'm just going to have to tell you again. We've been getting letters and people have been calling up. Please don't call here. Here's the whole dope. Staggerwing Productions is presenting me. I'm going to do a big live show over in Jersey, Red Bank, New Jersey, in the Carlton Theater. And that's right downtown of Red Bank, and it's easy to get to. It's just off the Garden State Parkway. And there's only one performance. One. And it will be at 8 o'clock, April the 7th. Now, it's a Friday night. So get your babysitter and all that. Now, here's how you get the tickets. You just call the Ticketron Outlet nearest you, and you can find out they're all over Jersey and all over New York, and you call this number, area code 212-644-4400. They'll tell you where the nearest one is. That's area 212-644-4400. Or you can call the box office. That's the Carlton Theater in Red Bank, Area 201-747-3800. Now, there's no excuse. There's run Outlets all over Jersey and all over New York. Get your tickets now. April the 7th. That's a Friday. All right, we have the Book Find Club, and undoubtedly you've heard about the Book Find Club, so I'm not going to belabor the point of what it is. They have exceptional books of uh, exceptional literary value. This is a special type of club, and they're offering a reference book For $1 plus postage and handling, it regularly goes for $15 if you join the club now. It's a reference book called Atlantic Brief Lives that covers literary and artistic figures. It's an excellent book. I've seen it. Now, if you'd like to join the book find club and find out about this book for just a buck plus postage, they'll send it off to you. And your only uh, requirement is you have to buy two books in that year then from the club to remain in the club call OX71535 for membership in the Book Find Club. You can call them tonight and incidentally if you don't want to call and you want to write, you can send your name and address. Don't send money to Book Find, W O R New York 10018. Okay, how would you like to do something just once in your life that you would absolutely never forget? Oh, can you see yourself now driving along in that balmy soft air along the coast of Portugal? And I'll guarantee you, never forget it. All right now, TAP, the Intercontinental Airline of Portugal, has put Portugal on sale until the 30th of April. And I want to tell you, it's like a sale you've never seen in your life. $270 for an eight-day fly-and-drive tour. That means they give you the keys to a car, a couple of road maps, and you go out and you look for lobsters and wine and Whatever else you care to look for in Portugal, it's there, man. Yeah, you call the people at TAP for complete details. The number in New York is 421-8500. The sale ends April the 30th, and all these prices are subjected to government approval. April the 30th, you give them a call, man. But nevertheless, there is a great vast horde of humanity that flows downstream. You notice that? On 6th Avenue, I've spent a lot of my time moving upstream against the current on 6th Avenue. Knee deep in cigar butts and uh, uh, used beer cans uh, various other objects which I have not stopped to identify because I've been afraid to identify them for fear I might find out what they are and I I suspect what they are so I just keep moving and uh, it's it's really tough. Uh, Times when you reach 42nd Street it's like breasting the rapids. If I may use that expression on the radio I know there are kids listening. But uh... Uh, Oh, no, no, no. Our desire is not to humiliate or to inflame. Our desire is only to enlighten and to lead. (laughs) Yes, sir. Well, uh, (laughs) that's a great desire, isn't it? Well, I think that deserves a little salute there. Please bring it on. A little musical salute. Thank you. Bring it on big, big, big. And you're hearing the sound of the actual stream of humanity as it moves in a vast, unseeing, lemming-like way towards the sea. I mean, it's not really the sea, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's the bay, actually, down there. It's, uh, it's a terrible place, actually, a lot of orange peelings floating around and old apple cores and stuff, which we would not even mention at this time. But nevertheless, this is a, an actual recording of the mysterious forces that are at work, which we cannot explain at this time. Man's knowledge has not yet extended itself into the total occult. Fantastic sound, isn't that. However the equipment we ha- uh, understands it. Oh, my God, that's awful. Stop it. This is terrible. That's what happens when you hit 42nd Street on the rebound. Come bouncing off 43rd, you try to make it all the way over to Broadway. Oh, no. Oh, the unkind fates and arrows that are slung at men. Oh, for heaven's sakes. I know what Shakespeare was talking about. Well, not not really. Not all the time. I mean, I knew poor Yorick. I sort of did. Listen to that. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. That's very good, Bill. That's real good. You're playing that thing good in there tonight. I just, just want to listen. That's all right. I'm just listening. I want to join the rest of mankind for a while. Sit here on the edge of the abyss. Play my ukulele. What is a ukulele? I don't know what a ukulele is. That's just a word I learned somewhere along the line. Isn't the ukulele one of these little things with three feet? Yeah, it's a little thing, and you sit there and you play it. You wear a white wig when you play it, I think. Don't you have to do that? Yeah, that's right. That is a ukulele. I'm sorry. Very good. Gee, that's an interesting sound. That added to the natural hum quality that WR continually has in its signal. The 7% distortion ratio, which we have, the 9% inverse feedback, and the 12% overmodulation adds to an interesting evening, an oleaginous evening. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Thank you, thank you, thank you. Very good. Is an oleaginous evening an evening spent watching old Charlie Chan movies? Wasn't there somebody named Oliat? No, Ol- that was Oland, wasn't it, that played Charlie Chan? That's right. No, no, or was it Sidney Lumet that played Charlie Chan? No, 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 I'm sorry. Sidney Lumet, didn't he play, uh... He played Superman, didn't he, on TV? Or was it Captain Midnight? Oh, well, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's beyond our comprehension. I mean, there, there are some things that really cannot uh, cannot be explained by ordinary light... Of a let's say man-made logic. For example, have you ever tried to explain why people would sit in front of their television set and watch the 339th rerunning of an ancient, tattered "I Love Lucy" program? Have you, can, can ordinary can ordinary logic explain this? No, it goes into the occult. It has to, and yet they they are doing it. Do you know that, that uh, I yes, I, I, I was out, the, uh, out out of New York. You don't see as much of it in New York as you do outside in other parts of the country. For example, do you know that Milton Burrow is still an incredibly big Wednesday night feature on certain television stations deep in the swamps out there in the boondockies? That's true. And there are people sitting there with their eyes glazed waiting, you know, for the next issue. And on comes, what was the name of that guy that came on with the... Uh, with the pitchman thing in the in the middle of the building? Who? Oh, no, 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 no. Come on, that's the head of our sales department, Walt, you're talking about. You mean Bob Alden used to do that? No. No, no. Well, he's a pitchman, no question about that. But uh, he doesn't come around with the little thing he sets up with the checkered vest. Although that might not be a bad way to sell this station. I mean, you know? <laughs> No, I kind of like that. I like that pitch premise, you know. But, uh, no, I'll tell you, I turned on the television set. I I was down in Florida here recently. See, I was down there, and uh, it's eerie. I'm telling you it's the truth. Uh, I turned on the TV set, and by God, the the set warmed up. You know, it's flopping over. I'm in this motel, and the set flops over for about 15 minutes, and finally it settles down, and it quivers like a bowl of protoplasm in the corner there, see? And I'm in this motel, and they had had an air conditioner in it. I say the decibel the decibel content of the noise just coming from the air conditioner was roughly like uh, midday traffic on 43rd Street, you know? It's roaring away there. And the temperature is three below zero in this room. And we had a... uh, The wall was made out of... uh, It's the first time I've seen a motel that had balsa wood walls. It was great. Yeah, uh, you know, you could hear people yelling and arguing, five, six, seven apartments away, see? And any time anybody turned on the sink, my floor would heave up and down. I hear the growling roar and... So it's a very exciting afternoon. I'm, I turn on a TV set, and uh, this may explain to you why certain recent, uh, uh, certain recent uh, electoral ballots have confused you. You know, people, <laughs> they wonder, uh, really, because you've got to understand that this is a very complex country, and it's caught in various time webs. Uh, yes, it's, it's, it's quite true. You know that the, the, the time concept is very difficult to understand. Now, what year are you in? I'm not talking what year taxes are you in. I mean, what year are you actually in, in your your head? It's very hard to know. Now, you think you're walking around in 1972. Not necessarily. You could very well be walking around in 2115. Now, I'm not making any value judgment. It's always assumed that if you're walking around in the future, you're one of the better people. This is really a belief. And that belief is founded, of course, on the infinite perfectibility of man. That the 1972 model is obviously better than the 1971 because we've been told year after year each succeeding model of a car is better than the one before it. Uh, and oh, Yes, this is, a, this is a very definite uh, part of our philosophy. For example, have you noticed that every, no matter what, no matter what, uh, what cereal box you look at, it has the word new on it. Very important. The cereal could have been around at the time of Abraham Lincoln. But it says the all-new wheat chowder. You know, all-new, brand-new. And uh, it, it, somehow they're always turning out a new one. Every day it's a brand-new one. And uh, detergents are the worst ones this way. I mean, every detergent is always doing something new to, to old, uh, you know, old Gloppo, uh, whatever it is, you know, with the magic whitener in it. And it's always... <laughs> and, and the people who bought yesterday's can are always being so, shown on television crestfallen because the guy with today's can has leaped once again into the future, and his clothes are not only white, they, they're lumescent. They're fat, they're, they glow in the dark, they're so white, you know, and all done with magic low phosphate detergents that do not pollute the atmosphere and are even lower in price than yesterday's inferior product, which you, of course, are stuck with, because it's going to take you two weeks to use it up. By that time, nine models would have passed by you, of the new product, <laughs> you know, you keep leapfrogging in time, so, so, uh, I, I, turn on a television set, seems, give me a little of that mysterious music, see, I want to, that time machine is always dealing with us. the TV set flops over about four times, I can't believe my eyes, out of the gray shifting murkiness of that three dollar used television set, which is working in the corner of my motel room with the balsa wood walls and the heaving floor, and the John that keeps going, would do it by itself. Nobody was even in there. Just kept doing it. Out of the murky grayness. Shifting and murky. Can't believe my eyes. Shifting, murky. It's the Faye Emerson Show. The Faye Emerson Show came right out of the TV set in the corner. The Faye Emerson show, and she's sitting there plunking a piano and looking around. Mighty, I I switched the channel quickly. I fell back in relief because there I was looking at Jack Webb, age 19. He's walking around saying stuff like, I want only the facts, ma'am. Give me the facts. My name is Friday. I'm a cop. There he is, big as life. I watched that for a couple of minutes, and I switched to the next channel. And there's John Cameron Swayze giving the news. John Cameron Swayze says, John Cameron Swayze had the news. Today, President Truman said, I can't believe it. They're even doing reruns on old newscasts now. I mean, if you don't like today's news, why don't you watch Douglas Edwards in the news? He's good. Still on there. Way out there in the boondocks, the rerun is a way of life. Now, maybe you maybe that explains to you why some guys like Mike Douglas. That's, you know, that, that you can't you can't walk away. You got to accept the fact that there are mysterious forces beyond which we have no control. And they're all around us. Now I want to uh, wait a minute. Excuse me here while I get out my secret documents here. <laughs> I like to hear the sound of secret documents being rattled, don't you? Say nothing. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me while I cackle like an evil fiend here. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, speaking of secret documents, I have here a report. Now, you know, oh no, we walk around in our lives. This is one of the great mistakes we all make. We walk around in our lives, you know, with the illusion that we are on top of it. I mean, you, you, like, uh, I mean, even physically on top of it, you walk around, you know, and you think you know everything about, let's say, your room where you live, you know, the pad. Have you ever walked around and knocked on the walls to see if there's a secret panel? You mean you have done this? Boy, are you sick. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> now, that's true paranoia. <laughs> I mean, if you think there's secret... P- Apartments in your house where there's... Well, of course, almost all of us were influenced by various things, which, again, we have no control over. I, I, I must have been four years old. Uh, my earliest recollection of a movie, and these these things have indelible effects on you. I think modern man, I, I really do, I think anybody who was born and who grew up in the 20th century was far more affected by uh, vicarious events than by real events. You know, really. By uh, that I, I, I mean most people's uh, uh, most people's uh, experiences are almost entirely vicarious. Like everybody's real mad about Vietnam. See, but how many guys of the crowd have actually been shot at by anybody in Vietnam? You know, it's all vicarious. It's what you, you know. It's what you read about. It. You hear about it. It's vicarious. I'm sorry. It's all vicarious. And uh, at the vic- uh, the vicarious experience can have a profound effect on you. Like I must have been about six, see, maybe four, maybe even you know, well, who knows? I was at the I was at the silly putty age, nevertheless, and, uh, and I I was I went to a movie. Now how come I went to this movie? Well, that's uh, another long involved thing which I do not and I'm not prepared to even explain. I was in a movie. I can remember sitting there squatting down in a seat, and there is a picture of a bed, right? A bed. And there is this lady asleep in a bed. That's uh, you know, and and you can see all around her. This uh, it's a dark place. That the lights are out. She's in this bed. When all of a sudden, without any warning, without a, with a, with a, no warning whatsoever, behind, yeah, you got it ready in there. That's it. Very good. Now, no, 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 no. That's the wrong one. Now, I don't know how you got that one on. <laughs> I don't know how you got that one on. Mysteriously, that's it. No, no, that's the wrong one. It's the other one, the scary music I want. That's it. Sixth Avenue flowing upstream into the Bay of Fundy. By the way, that's a a Stockhausen composition. Now, when you get it set up in there, you let me know, and I will continue with the story, right? It's all set? Oh, it's rewinding. I see. How would you like to have your memories, friends, on a rewindable tape? You can't continue until all the machinery has rewound itself, reset itself, and all the little transistors have done their evil work, and once again you're, <laughs> you're ready to start. Well, I want to tell you though, I, I I've long felt that. Uh, all right, fine. All right, I'll give you the cue. Don't don't start it now until I give you the cue, right? Well, I've I've always <laughs> I've always felt though seriously, friends. It's uh, Hugh Downs used to say so endearingly on the Today Show. Uh, seriously, friends, uh, I've uh, I've I, I think most of us. Have a uh, have a large dollop of paranoia in our system that is that is was caused and created by the fact that almost all of us spent large areas of our life, large periods of time, watching movies. Now, what does this do to you? Okay, no movie is complete unless it has any drama, for that matter, unless it has the thing called conflict. Now, what is conflict? Well, conflict can be almost anything. You know, the bad guys riding over the Purple Hills, led by Jack Palance, come galloping up to Kirk Douglas. Well, all right, now you know that that is bad news. You know it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of shooting down around the old O.K. Corral, right? Before that one's over. Okay. Now, that's part... (laughs) So you sit there, see, and, and you get deeply involved in this. For two hours, you're fighting the bad guys. So... You go home, you turn on a television set, and there's 18 hours of old movies. Every movie's got a set of bad guys and good guys. Every last movie, without exception. Do you agree with that? Without exception. So your entire thinking is based on the good guy, bad guy concept, ultimately. That there has to be good guys, there has to be bad guys in life. And now, since we all identify with good guys when we go to the movies, we assume that the bad guys are the udders. The utter ones, right? So good guys and bad guys continually gallop through our minds. And we are always riding there on those tall, beautiful horses that the good guys ride on. Have you noticed that bad guys in the movies ride on these little squat, murky-looking horses? They don't have the big, beautiful, uh, magnificent ones that guys like, uh, say, Gary Cooper have. They're little round, angry-looking horses with bad-looking eyes. And they, they, oh, you rot, oh, dad, bad teeth. That's, that's the, that's a foregone conclusion. And the clothes, the bad guys were just rotten looking stuff. And they also, they also have bad jowls. They wear, they don't shave much either, bad guys. So, yeah, so they're always riding a great herd, a crowd. All right, now, what does this do to you? You ultimately feel that good guys and bad guys are a finite fact. They are not a movie concept. They are a fact. So it is. It is. It is no wonder that the more movies people see, and I'm talking about drama of any type, novels, uh, you know, uh, Travis McGee books, anything you, <laughs> anything you you, you you get yourself involved in, there's good guys and bad guys. Uh, you, even the best literature, sure. I mean, uh, it's, it's all there's conflict has to be in it. So you wind up believing the conflict is a real thing. And if it if it doesn't happen in your life, you figure your life is not working. I mean, you know, you go to work, you come home, you go to work, you come home, you eat your cream of wheat, you go to work, you come home, eat more cream of wheat, you go to work, you come home. you got to look for bad guys, because that means you're living in a real life, then. There's a real life has bad guys around it. I, We could not exist without bad guys. We would be bored out of our, our bird, seriously, if you didn't have bad guys. So, I'm about four or five years old, see. And, uh... There's two kinds of paranoia. There's the paranoia that deals with people, right? I mean, the evil people. And we know that there are evil people, right, gang? We know that we're not them, of course. I mean, heaven's sakes. Heavens to Betsy. uh, Who was it used to say that? I don't know. But nevertheless, uh, we... uh, No, that's Earl Dowd says that all the time. That's right. Or was it the littlest beetle, the lovable one, the cutest one at the end. But uh, nevertheless, we do not identify with the bad guys. Now, that's one kind of paranoia. I am now about to lay a theory on you. The other kind of paranoia is the physical environment paranoia. Let you think about that for a second. What do I mean by physical environment? Well, I mean this. I don't mean necessarily whether you're caught in a a city, street, or whether you're caught in, uh, you know, whatever it might be. It's much subtler than that. I am four years old, maybe six when I first saw this scene. This, this lady type, she's asleep in this bed. Right? There's a quick shot of the shutters banging outside of the outside of this window. <whistles> the wind is going. <whistles> and you see these terrible looking curtains flapping in this, this room and it's dark and great shadows are hanging. It is a totally mysterious environment. Completely mysterious. This chick is lying in the bed there, and you can see her head on a pillow. I'm sitting there, Chris. I'm, you know, watching this thing. Fascinated. When all of a sudden, back of her head, without any warning. A secret panel begins to slide back. And out of the secret panel comes an evil, clutching claw. (laughs) A claw comes out of the wall. which switches to the butler downstairs. And he is carrying a candle. And the wind whoosh, blows the candle out. When suddenly we hear from upstairs. Aah! And the butler says, By Jove! He runs up the stairs. The bed is empty. And a trail of blood leads into the wall. Well done, Bill. Well done. Do not put it away, please. We may need that. That is very important. Ever since that time, I have been suspicious of secret panels. I mean, really, you you laugh. Have you gone around and... How many times have you seen in movies where where, uh, where Peter Lorre walks over to the fireplace, and he pushes one of the boards on the fireplace. And the whole thing swings open. And there's a mysterious set of stairs that lead down into God knows what evil dungeon that is inhabited by specters. Have you really looked at your pad? Do you really believe those walls are solid? (laughs) This has been believed by many a victim that has disappeared without a trace. Do you know that over one million people disappear without a trace in America every year alone? In America alone. I'm not talking about on a worldwide basis. One million people without any trace. They never find them again. Did you know that? (laughs) You think I'm kidding, don't you? This is an absolute irrefutable fact reported by one of Nader's truth teams. It is a fact, obviously, a plot by the major motor industries of Detroit, no doubt. But nevertheless, one million people disappear without a trace. It is my theory, and I know that I have not the facts to back it up, that these people could easily be living in pads that have secret panels, and that a clutching claw has come out one night while they were sitting there innocently watching the late, late movie... Grabbed them by the larynx, and that was the end of the ball game. Laugh. Listen, there hasn't been no other explanation. I mean, <laughs> I'm just advancing a theory. And I want to tell you, if there's smoke, there's fire, right? How many movies have you seen that have secret panels in them? Uh, everyone, there has not been one of you that has not seen a movie where there hasn't been a secret panel. At least one movie you've seen, right? Everyone in this room, right? You, Bill? How about you, Walt? Right? Jerry, right? How about you guys, Right? Okay, that means that mankind has a secret fear of panels. It runs through many of our movies. So where there is smoke, friends, there must be some fire. Do you know that just the other day in Philadelphia, I have a report here, when the new owners of the property at 670 South Broad Street including the old Pleasure Inn, took a look at their new acquisition. They couldn't figure it out. They bought this building. that had strange-shaped rooms. So they went around and tapped the walls. They couldn't figure out why the building was so crazy-shaped. And finally, they found this one wall that had a funny, funny sound. They chopped it down, and they found behind the wall ancient rooms. One of them had a still in there. And the calendar said 1912. Yeah, here are pictures of it. They couldn't believe it. You think I'm kidding? It found, they found an ancient tennis racket in there. They found all kinds of things. They did, had no idea. And, and people had been living in this place for years, and not one of them realized that there was an ancient still behind the wall, old clutching hands had disappeared, leaving the calendar at 1912. So don't think that everything is as it seems to be. That's right. I ever tell you about the time this friend of mine bought a used car? Drove around in it for a couple of months. Everything cool. One day he decided to clean the upholstery. He took the back cushions out and found, clamped against the back firewall, back there where the trunk is, a sawed-off shotgun and a couple of very lethal-looking Roscoes clipped to the back there, completely loaded with ammunition, ready to go. At that point, he realized that there had been other uses to which his automobile had been put other than just going down to Lincoln Park and sitting around and eating tuna fish sandwiches. Are you sure about... Are you sure that the... That, you know, maybe one of your friends, who knows? How many movies have you seen recently containing double agents? Sneaky people. ...that are working for the other side. Could be that a very close friend of yours is a double agent. You're working for the International Widget Company... ...and their chief enemy is the C.G. Bullard Corporation. Your old buddy from Cost Accounting could be a secret double agent... ...working for C.G. Bullard. No wonder that company's going to hell. He's slowly sabotaging it, and all the while he's under the the double eagle... the, ...the double flag... Listen, I, I could tell you stories about double agents you wouldn't believe. I, I don't even want to get into that. I know one guy. Oh, no, no, I don't, I don't want to get into that. I know a guy that was dating a girl for over three months. And it turns out she was actually doing it for another guy he knew who wanted to find out what kind of a fool this guy really was when he was on a date. She was a double agent. All the while, she was taking notes and tape recordings, the whole bit. Guy's never been the same since... So be careful. Behind every creaking panel there lies the specter of purple eyes looking through the shifting fog screen of man's own deep basic fears. <laughs> uh, by the way, this uh, is available for school use. It's available for those of you who'd like to have reruns. Uh, copies of the sermon will be made available to those of you who send your name and address to Guts in care of this station. by that spelled G-U-T-T-S with the apostrophe there before the S. uh, It's a contraction for another word that refers to the Gutenheim Bible. It's part of our new scheme to take over the thought processes of the world. (laughs) Uh, This is WOR New York. You stay tuned for the news. It may be good.